Welcome, everybody. I'm Craig Folly. We are live at the Buell Bar in downtown Detroit, and it is Friday, which means it's time for the Friday Follies, our weekly take on the lighthearted side of news, I guess. I don't know. It's not really light stuff this week. Some of it is, but eh, no, not really. And and certainly I wouldn't be if I was in Washington, D.C. right now. But that is Nancy Derringer from Deadline Detroit that you are hearing right there. Yep. And making a return for the Friday Follies is my friend Saeed Khan, who, of course, is a lecturer at Wayne State University in Near East and Far East Studies. And, of course, expert on all things. The smartest uh, man in the world. About the smartest man in the world, absolutely. And a funny guy, too, which is why he's here on a Friday. And he's also, of course, a professor at uh, Rochester College as well. So thank you for being here. Welcome back. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Near, far, wherever you are, to quote Celine Dion. There you go. <laughs> wow. He goes from really like had to go Celine there Dion to the greatest to singer like in the world right there. Pakistani right there. politics. Just like um, that. Oh, she's big there. Yeah. Oh, I'm sure she is. I'm sure she is. <laughs> oh, boy. Okay. Let's, let's start. We mentioned Washington, D.C. Uh, we are in the midst of a government shutdown. I said Happy New Year, but at the same time, if you are a federal worker, it has not been a Happy New Year so far. You either have been working without getting paid or you have been furloughed. Without right. getting paid, right. today is the first day of checks that are not showing up in people's in people's. Uh, Some people's, yeah. Well, no, yeah, there are a lot of people with yeah. direct deposit. It's not there today, and no. you know, I just think of the hassle that I would have to go through if the direct deposit's not there. You have to switch all your payments, all these auto payments things that people are doing right now. Mm-hmm. You have to talk to every one of your creditors. Some of them are going to be receptive, but most of them don't care. They're like, where's my money? Right. Um, and I think that was my favorite line from Goodfellas, F you, where's my money? Yeah, Right. Exactly. That's basically what's going on for F these people. You right now. Me. F yeah. you pay me. pay me. That's right. That's exactly right. <laughs> I got it wrong. Oh, God. I've only seen that movie a thousand times. But, you know, I, I've been through that situation where a check you were expecting doesn't show up. Thank you. You know who you are. Um, and, you know, it's a really, really bad position to put people in. And now we've it's got 800,000 people that are at risk of having their credit ratings get destroyed, payments not go through. For, for what? What, are, what is this happening for? Have we figured out, is this really just about a freaking wall? Well, that's a good question. And uh, depending on who you talk to, um, I think that is kind of what it is about. And it's about a lot of things. And if you really want to look on the bright side, as we were just coming a few minutes ago, you know, you would say, look at all these people who are willing to show up and do essential jobs without being paid. I mean, yes, they're going to get, you know, eventually the government will reopen, they'll get that big check, but they have every reason to just not show up at all. And yet they are. And, and then add to them the volunteers who are, you know, keeping the national parks from turning into literal, you know, sewage dumps. And, we live in a great country full of wonderful people. Unfortunately, we are led by some terrible people. So, at the moment, anyway. Who are getting paid. Who are getting paid. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's funny how that works. Yeah, um, I know. But, you know, look, the TSA agents, are they're about an open revolt. I mean, they don't make enough oh, yeah. money to deal with the frustration they have to deal with every day anyway. Right. Um, and so, this is a pretty dangerous situation. traffic controllers. You know, you think of all these people who really do essential jobs that aren't getting anything. It's, there, there are airports that are closing concourses because TSA agents are not showing up to work. Right. Uh, and it really is terrible for essential workers more than non-essential workers. Non-essential workers wouldn't have to show up, and they might be able to pick up some jobs on the side. They don't know. A lot of them are not allowed to even look for work while they're oh. furloughed. That's a rule that's out there right now. I just heard okay. that this morning. Wow. And, I didn't and, know that either. Yeah, so they're not even allowed to go out and get part-time jobs. Oh, my gosh. And so, you know, you, you have a situation where uh, you have a bunch of people who are idle for no reason other than 
Oh, that would be the ice maker, by the way. Okay. We are live at the Buell Bar, by the way. Um, is that an actual person making ice, or is that a machine? <laughs> That's right. There's a guy back there with a chisel. Um, no, but, but you've got a bunch of people who are just not able to, not able to do anything right now. And right. they're stuck in limbo over what is a vanity project. I mean, let's be honest. Right. It, you know, yeah. President Trump has insisted on a wall... People have been trying to s- explain that, well, maybe it's metaphorical, maybe it's not really a wall, but then the Why president does he keeps keep saying, saying wall. wall. Why does he keep saying wall? And, and that's, I mean, this to me is, it's very clear cut for me. It, it's, this is, the Democrats have said from the beginning, border security, yeah, we'll talk to you. You know, let's talk about border security. Let's reopen the government first. But this guy who sold himself on the campaign trail is this master negotiator he can't, he can't get there because he thinks negotiation means you go in and you pound the table and you say, I want this, and if I don't get this, the, the, we're leaving, and that's what he did this week. Well, the classic example of where you don't need a wall because the existing security works is, um, oh, I don't know, the White House. Oh, yeah, that's a good one. <laughs> well, there is a fence around it, though. Yes. But a fence is not a wall. No. A fence is not a wall. A fence is not a wall, but, but right. now, you know... Th- th- there has really been no movement on this. But the, the funny thing is, we're getting to the absolutely ridiculous point of this. When Donald Trump came out just the other day and said, hey, I never said Mexico was going to pay for the wall. Right. You know, I never said they were going to write a check. But there have been 212 instances. Of course, the fact checkers were digging through every campaign speech. 212 instances where he said, who's going to pay for the wall? Mexico. Mexico and, is going to pay for the wall. And they're probably just going to write me a check. That's exactly what he said. Exactly. And that's why, that's because the, a wall is a cartoon solution to a very complex problem made by a cartoon candidate during a cartoon campaign that through the help of, you know, parties that uh, Robert Mueller is still looking into somehow became president. And now we're having this this debate over this over this solution that nobody wants. I mean, some a few people want, but not enough people want. And they had two years to get this thing done when they wouldn't have had to deal with Nancy Pelosi over this, and it didn't get done then. Which tells you that everyone in Washington knows this is a, a joke, but they're you know we're still we still got people sitting at home not getting paid. Well, this is what happens when an entire generation of Americans grows up without Saturday morning cartoons. <laughs> Why is that? Well, they needed a substitute, and so they elected a cartoon president. <laughs> oh, wow, wow. Well, you know, this, this thing is getting, though, pretty stupid. And, and again, it's going gonna, it's gonna to drag on. I, I don't see this guy no. backing down. Um, he doesn't want this to be the, the read my lips, no new taxes moment, where you basically break your main campaign promise. He painted himself into a corner. Yes. But let's face it. I mean, what happened to the legislative branch of government? What happened to oversight, checks and balances? This is really McConnell. I mean, McConnell won't even allow a floor vote. I have a suspicion that enough Republicans, both in the House as well as in the Senate, would go past a, uh, a veto uh, and have something that could override a potential veto, even if it comes under the president's desk. McConnell doesn't want it. He is cuckolded. I don't know how much of that has to do with the fact that his wife is the Secretary of Transportation and is on Trump's payroll. But this is really a miscarriage of uh, democracy. What about the option of the emergency declaration that he is floating out there, potentially utilizing the military or perhaps funds that were supposed to be slated for disaster relief to build this wall? Okay, so what happens then? I mean, we, you know that, that this 2,000 miles that we're talking about fencing or walling or whatever, it, it runs through a great deal of private property. 
Yes. You know, Most of Texas domain, is private property. Eminent domain issues take years to resolve. I mean, what are we going to do? Just walk in there and seize it in the name of the crown? I mean, under, under, under police power, uh, you have inverse condemnation. And if it is declared a national emergency, then technically speaking, they do not have to provide compensation. Maddie Marone. Um, but uh, <laughs> that, 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 I, yeah, good luck with that because, I, I, yeah. you know, you're going to mess with a bunch of private property owners and ranchers down in Texas. You think right. the Bundys are bad out west? Yeah, I know. Oh, my word. Oh, I know. If you're, if you're, Especially if there's no compensation involved and you're just taking, because these, I mean, look, they're, these ranch lands that are out there in some of these rural parts of Texas, I mean, people have been going across those borders with these herds for years. Some mm-hmm. of these ranches are bigger than the state of Rhode Island. Right. I mean, just to give some context about how much land is, is, is involved wow. here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just, oh, just to just jog people's memory about, you know, President Trump yesterday did say, I never said that Mexico was going to pay for it or write a check. But <laughs> here's what he said. This was um, basically what he said when he came down the escalator at Trump Tower announcing his candidacy. I will build a great, great wall on our southern border, and I will have Mexico pay for that wall. Mark my words. Okay. We marked them. We marked them. We marked them. And now we're challenging them. Right. So we're there. But... Anyway, it's just, it's ridiculous. The speech the other night I thought was unnecessary. We heard, we heard and then that the, re- the rebuttal, the rebuttal <laughs> was unnecessary. But I did. I felt like I was switching between, you know, Fox News and MSNBC Without is all it was. Without having to touch the remote. Exactly. exactly. Yeah, so that's it like, what it was. It was like having a blended uh, partisan news channel, right? A mashup. Uh, <laughs> 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 we call it <laughs> faux NBC. What? <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> I think that works. Well, and anyway. the thing is, if he had any political capital to spend at this point, he might be able to get away with some sort of compromise. But he's made his, he's built his brand on never backing down, on insulting everyone within the sound of his voice. I mean, if I were Nancy Pelosi, I'd tell him to stuff it too, you know? Well, we'll see. Uh, at some point, somebody's going to have to give because, yeah. you know, things are going to start being really negatively impacted. And I'll tell you what, if the TSA agents... Just say, screw this, we're not going to show up at work. You start messing with the flight system here, oh, yeah. average yeah. people start getting hit by this. Because most of Huge them don't problems. see it yet, but they will see it Flights, soon. Flights, food inspection. Well, I mean, who needs is. that? I know. Who needs that, especially? Well, you know why you're not going to need that much longer? Because Costco has solved that problem. We'll talk about that a little bit later on in the fall this year. <laughs> Costco solves all my problems. Free samples all the time. <laughs> but let's, 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 talk about, uh, let's talk about famous people in Twitter uh, in a okay. different way. Uh, Dan Gilbert. Dan Gilbert, of course, of, of Quicken Loans fame, and, mm-hmm. of course, the rebuilder of this uh, downtown area, and, and very responsible for a lot of what's happening down sure. here. Uh, there was a report that the Detroit Free Press put out there that was very, very critical, shall we say, about his uh, adherence accurate. to MIOSHA standards. It was accurate. And whether or not he put pressure on the state to relax those standards for his projects. Right. And that's basically what they were alleging. He came back and basically slammed Jennifer Dixon at the Detroit Free Press, who I've known for a long time and have known to be a very, very thorough reporter. I dealt with her a lot at the Land Bank. Trust me, she Uh goes through the records. She knows what she's doing. But he said, here's his quote. He said, quote, My recommended 60-second video training for Free Reporter Jennifer Dixon and all higher-ups at the struggling local media outlet. If you don't read the newspaper, you're uninformed. If you do read it, you are misinformed. And he put, there's a link to a Denzel Washington interview, and Denzel said something along those lines just very recently. And, you know, Denzel Washington is one of our leading uh, public intellectuals, so I totally get that one. But, I mean, what a small thing to say. I mean, 
you are a billionaire, you've got communications people who know how to respond to stories like this. It's like, if you think that this is the way to do it, I, I feel a little testy today. So you, like, no, that's so, right. So you're saying that his follow-up tweet that said, King Kong ain't got shit on me, <laughs> superfluous? <laughs> okay. But, you know, at the same time, I mean, for, for a guy like Dan Gilbert, that's yeah. one of those, okay, right, if you want to rebut the things in the story, sure. put out some stuff that says where you're meeting the standards or, or why she's wrong. Right. But don't just sit there and say that the newspaper's awful and that they're terrible and they're struggling because you do sound very Donald Trumpian in that situation mm-hmm. when you say fake news. This is the fake news this room. Is, this is fake news in so many words. Well, and, also, and I'm sorry, but the, the, the boy who cried wolf thing is kind of played out at this point. I think it is. Well, it also has, the need to actually get out there and have it out in public on social media. You're powerful enough. You own half a downtown. Go over to, uh, for example, the Free Press building and either have a meeting with the editorial board right, or buy the building. Yeah. Oh, that was a good idea. He does own the building. Oh, the he does own building. the building. That's right. He does. I have a feeling the rate's going up. <laughs> no, All right. He's their landlord. But, you know, I mean, Dan Gil- this is not new for him, though. He is also one of these people that likes to duke it out on Twitter. And okay. Deadline Detroit has a great story today talking about a bunch of other times sure. uh, where he has done something similar. So. Actually, I think the caller ID on that phone that you heard was Dan Gilbert. <laughs> it could have been. could have been. Cut that feed right now. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if this is a rocket fiber building. If it is, we might be in trouble. But... <laughs> So, you know... And that was a legit story. That was not something that was... I mean, there were some anonymous sources in it, but they, they, these were people who had every reason to be anonymous. It was well-reported. It was based on public records. There were emails in there. I mean, there were... It, there was an awful lot in there that was absolutely substantive. And for him to... And Jennifer Dixon, you know, I had an editor who said, when Jennifer Dixon gets you in her sight, somebody's going to jail. You know, I don't know if that's the case in this case, but she's... The point is that she is an extremely thorough... And, well, and one and, of the best investigators. I, have, I have also found her to be actually very honest about things, too. She will dig up a lot of things and dig through them all and ask me a million questions. She did this when I was working across the street. Right. And, you know, if there was nothing there, she didn't report it. Right. Sure. You know, and, and she, was, she was very honest and, I thought, good right. to work with. We, we established a really, really good working relationship after a while. Yeah. Because it just, you know, I... If tell me you, what you want, I'll help you find it. And, and that's, and that's, and, and that's she's what you're learned, supposed to do when you deal with the press. She's learned what every you know, journalist and anybody who occasionally has to deal with people in adversarial situations learns should learn very early on, which is if you're a street shooter and if you play it straight and if you're honest, it will pay off throughout your career. And Well, I think we have to call this what it is. This is bullying. Uh, yeah. The fact that somebody with that kind of clout can then go ahead and muscle uh, one of the two main newspapers in a city, mm-hmm. which are always the sentinels for uh, holding up truth, hoping up, holding up uh, objective journalism. Uh, to come in here and uh, essentially uh, strong arm her is, mm-hmm. uh, is all too league. uncommon. Yeah. No, but it's also all, all too common, I should say, sure. that yeah. uh, this is happening everywhere. Yeah. Well, I should remind folks, this is the Friday Follies on Deadline Detroit. Thank you very much for being with us today. Nancy Derringer from Deadline Detroit is with me, as is my friend Saeed Khan from Wayne State University and Rochester University, uh, and Rochester College, excuse They're me. They're looking oh, to make it a university. That would be a big, that's actually, there is a, quite a significant difference there that yeah, people yeah. don't realize. But yeah. anyway, uh, let's move to Iowa, shall we? Okay, uh, let's not. One of my, one of my, uh, <laughs> one of my favorite politicians, and I say that very facetiously, uh, is a guy named Steve King. He's represented Western Iowa for a long time. Um, he is facing a potential censure motion in Congress. Uh-huh. 
I'm shocked that this is like first time that he's dealing with this potentially, given some of his uh, past statements that he has made. But he was doing an interview with the New York Times. Of all people, of all New York Times, of all outlets to be inter- to be talking to. And so you know, they were talking about nationalism, white supremacy, and things like that. And he said, and he, "Here's what he said." He said. When did the terms white nationalist, white supremacist, and Western civilization become offensive? <laughs> well, really? What's so bad about that? To myself, that wasn't a rhetorical question? <laughs> well, you know, but he just said, you know, what did I learn in school about how great our country is all these years then? I was like, okay, hold on a second. All right. Well, what, what, Western, what classes were you going to, first, first of all? all? Let's, let's cut Western civilization out of that herd because that's just a, that's just a term of, that's just a factual descriptor. It's the white supremacy and white nationalism. Well, uh, but the Western civilization thing is also a reference to white well, history. Well, it's I become mean, you know. it has become that. But we cannot allow white supremacists to co-op a perfectly fine neutral term, Western civilization. That we got to take that back from them. And I am here. I am staking claim. I am taking back Western civ. But white supremacy and white nationalism is he that obtuse? Is this what happens when people live in these kind of filter bubbles where they only, you know, they're surrounded by butt kissers and they only take in the news that they already know they're going to like. Is that what happens to them when they start to say shit like Well, this, this is Excuse Iowa. This is Iowa, so he probably only went to the Field of Dreams to see the white players. <laughs> <laughs> well, they're, they're probably... I didn't see any black players on that team. <laughs> it's funny, whenever these guys... these uh, they, didn't, they weren't allowed in the league back then when all those old players were playing there. But James so. Orr was there. Well, that's true. When that's these true. when these alt right proud boy types talk start talking about white culture, I always want to ask them, like, can you define white culture to me? Because I'm, you know, is, is, what is it? Wrestling? Is it, uh, you know, no? Because the sheik, the sheik was a wrestler, so no, not necessarily. <laughs> no, okay. what, what about NASCAR? Is that? There's got to be some black fans. The, the Iron Sheik, though, uh, represented the entire Middle East. He represented. <laughs> yeah. Arabian countries and Iranian countries, which of course were diametrically opposed to each other. Sure. But that's okay because yeah. for Middle America, i.e., Iowa, it's all the same. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Many years ago, I walked past a uh, travel agency in Paris, France. My only trip to Paris, and they had, you know, how they. This is back before the internet. They had travel posters. Yeah. And um, the travel poster for the United States featured a cowboy on a bucking horse. So, you nice. Know, and as an Ohioan at the time, I thought, well, you don't see too many of those in Ohio, but. So. <laughs> well, we will not forgive exactly your Ohio. Exactly. That's okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Sorry about it's a that. Native. Um, but anyway, so he could, uh, he could actually get in a little bit of trouble. Um, Good. So, Justin Amash. Justin Amash, who continues to surprise me, of course, a Michigan congressperson, yeah. just because he's not afraid to say what's on his mind when it comes to stuff, especially if it's going against his own party. Uh, but what did he call it? Um, where is it? Oh, here it is. He said. Uh, an embrace of racism. That's what he called it. He said it was King's embrace of racism on Twitter. That's basically calling it out. Now, there was a statement that yeah. came out from King's office where he said, I totally disavow white nationalism and white supremacy and all that kind of stuff. That thing I just said, <laughs> I didn't mean to say it. I know, but the RNCC is just like, you know what? We're tired of this stuff from this yeah. guy, and he got a primary challenger that's yeah. already announced that he's going to challenge him in the primary in Iowa. And who knows, maybe maybe Steve King's time is coming to an end? Well, awesome. I mean, I haven't heard the kind of hue and cry from Rana that really should happen. I mean, given the fact that, okay, I get it, Paul uh, Ryan is no longer the Speaker of the House, so you can make an argument that uh, Republican leadership no longer exists. But you've got Scalise, you've got Kevin McCarthy. Somebody well, Mac- McCarthy, McCarthy spoke up about it real fast. The RNCC okay. was right up against it, too. Mm-hmm. So they're, they're all like, nope, 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 nope. We nope, can't no. have this. I mean, look, they were already... 
ticked off after Charlottesville. Yeah. Yeah. Right? And now, of course, this is the one thing they don't need is to just, you know, be the party of white nationalism. Well, there's going to be an alt-right uh, march in uh, Princeton, New Jersey this weekend. So it's not stopping. Huh. Wow. In Princeton? In Princeton, yeah. It's going to be cold this weekend, too, you know? It's a strange place to have it, but okay, whatever. Well, oh, you know, I guess it's you gotta, so warmer than buttons, Yale. Right? Okay, you I guess push, you right. push the buttons. Uh, you know, that's like just like the Nazis marched in Skokie. You know, it's, it's the same kind of thing. You gotta you gotta yeah. push the buttons. Yeah. Illinois Nazis. Illinois Nazis. All right, all right. So let's move on here to some other subjects here. Um, I wanted to get into this one because you, you gotta love Candace Miller. Of course, former, secret- former Secretary of State, She's a former great. Congresswoman. She's now the Macomb County Drain Commissioner. Public and Works, pub- please. Well. Yeah, I know. You know what you, I know what you're saying. Public Works Commissioner. Public She's Works Administrator. She's in charge of the stuff that's under the ground. Yeah, the stuff that, that most of us don't that's like to think quite about. quite a metaphor. <laughs> <laughs> and for good reason we don't like to think about these things. Right. Because we had this massive sinkhole that took place on Christmas Eve in 2016. Yep. Apparently been brewing for a couple of years under there. Yep. Um, because they'd done some damage to the pipe. And, and the reason that they damaged the pipe, they were doing some work on the inside, and you shut off all the flow to that pipe so people don't drown in there while they're trying to work. Makes a lot of sense. Drowning poo. But yeah. normally what you do when you reopen those gates, stuff backs up behind it, but you open up the gates and you let it come in slowly. Right. Now they didn't. They just let it all flow in at once. Homer and I Simpson love the phrase. That day. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. I love the phrase she used in her press conference the other day to announce their findings of human error that they released a tsunami of waste. Yeah, exactly. Now it being called the punami. The punami, <laughs> right? Exactly. Well, barely. Okay, be be careful how you pronounce that <laughs> for several reasons. Well. <laughs> Would you, would you like me to show you where the syllables uh, are separated? <laughs> <laughs> well, as I said before, I, I got to give her credit because Candace Miller came into a extremely uh, well. I don't get into that, but Candace Miller has approached this job like exactly like you would want somebody to do it with a total professionalism, and yet she always has this kind of singing canary of humor sort of you know circling her head and to call this thing a tsunami is i mean that's great that got that got her in i mean we're talking about it that got her on the front pages of of the papers i mean she's she knows how to deliver a soundbite well and and when's the last time anybody from that type of department yeah. was on the front page of the paper exactly she's so overqualified for that job so you know. well but you know what though think about it when you look at the infrastructure needs that we have in this country, oh, yeah. I think we need people that are smart in yes. those jobs because yes. they're really hard to do and there's a lot of work we have to do. We've been ignoring it for a long time. I'm giving this idea away free to anybody who wants to pick it up off the ground. The next campaign, somebody needs to run as, vote for me, I am a career politician. Because seriously, <laughs> no, I mean, I it's disagree. like, haven't we, seen, haven't we seen enough amateurs now? I mean, don't we have, in the Oval Office, we have the biggest amateur of all who thinks that, eh, running government, it's easy. You know, it's not easy. Well, it requires or running it like a business, yeah. Because yeah, I'm going to run it like a business. Everything government does is not designed to make money. Exactly. Like well, clearing, and clearing human waste out of our houses, and you don't even have to think about it. That's, That's not something that makes a lot of money for no, us. No, it isn't. And, and the idea that you run it like a business, I mean, you know, it's, it's like saying, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ride this horse like it's a dog. I mean, it's just, they're two different things. <laughs> well, if fix the damn roads was a good enough slogan, then fix the damn pipes, I think, can also work. Yeah. But I think that for someone like Candace Miller, she should really equate this with the broader discussion of infrastructure and the president of her own party trying to divert funds for other unnecessary things. She is a good Republican, though. 
So yeah. I don't expect her to do that just yet. No, but, but, but at the yeah. same time, <laughs> the one thing that's good about this, and I firmly believe this, is it is bringing people's attention to the stuff, yes, oh. that is actually happening underneath the ground. It's out of sight, out of mind. And that's we've good? Been no, I'm saying it's actually bringing it to oh, light. Oh, I see what you're saying. People yeah, are paying no, attention absolutely. now. They're seeing that, you know, houses sank into the ground from this yeah, thing. People, I know. You know, a bunch of people lost their homes. If we, if, we don't, if we don't pay attention to infrastructure in this country, and there have been, like, decades of what they call disinvestment, we're going to be in a world of, you know what. Uh-huh. Oh, That's exactly know. right. But anyway. The punami will be yeah. something that happens to lot more of us yeah. at some point in time. I'm just ticking off topics on my little cocktail napkin here. So. Oh, yeah? Am I getting all right? Have I got everything? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I definitely not. wanted to get to, um, how about this one? I, I hinted at this a little bit earlier, and I'm not sure the world needs this. Yes, it does. But Costco, <laughs> Costco, where you can buy everything in bulk. Yes. Including the giant thing of toilet paper that's likely going to be necessary after you buy this. <laughs> A 26-pound bucket of mac and cheese that has a 20-year shelf life. Yep. I mean, I, I've had macaroni and cheese in the last year or so, but... But it's... And it's not dry. And I had kids, it's, it's so, like you know... It's not like Kraft macaroni and cheese, where you... I'm not sure. You I, add, they add didn't, water? They did not describe, and I was on the Costco page looking at this earlier. Um, it's eighty nine ninety nine for this, for a 26-pound bucket of mac and cheese, cheese, which is probably a bargain. Like, that's going to last po- 20 years in any house. <laughs> 4.7 stars. Okay. 4.7 stars. Well, you know what? It does last, though, if you've got a bunker underneath the ground. What about the And you're reviews? waiting for the end of the yeah, world. Yeah, we're prepping. So, yeah, yeah that's, that's right. The doomsday preppers. preppers are there. Yeah. Okay. I, think, um, I think you need to learn how to pr- pace yourself. <laughs> <laughs> but you also then, yeah, so basically what I love in the description about this, one, it's out of stock. Yeah, of course. And it's got 4.7 stars on the Hell Costco yeah, that page. Thing's gonna go fast. But the great thing about it was it was um, the easy to open zip seal metalite pouches. Apparently that's trademarked. And then it says the cheese and pasta are packaged in separate bulk metalite pouches oh. with oxygen absorbers to protect the quality and ensure a long shelf life. Okay, I get what this is. This is like uh, this isn't like craft with the cheese powder. It's like uh, Velveeta box mac and cheese shells and cheese, cheese with the cheese. So it's deluxe. Yeah, so it's like. It's like cheese food, cheese product in a sealed pouch. And then you, you mentioned sealed pouches. So it's not like you just open the tub and stick in a fork. Well, you know, I, you know although, as tempting as that may be for but some of it us. But, do, you know, it doesn't say. So the cheese and pasta, is the pasta already cooked? It, there's no description of it there. So yeah. I haven't been able to find I have, this out. I know some women with PMS who are, like, already putting in, like, you know, <laughs> like, I want that stuff. And, yeah. 26 pounds of macaroni yeah. and cheese. Because <laughs> that's what America needs. Exactly. All right. Uh, in the ironic story of the week, I didn't uh, tell you guys about this one in advance, but this was great. CES, of course, just uh, is, is going on in Vegas, right? Consumer Electronics so, Show. It just ended. Yes, yeah, absolutely. But um, here's the great one. There was a company that was showing off an autonomous robot, and it got run over by a self-driving Tesla. <laughs> <laughs> Win-win! <laughs> the robot was destroyed by a self-driving Tesla. So, you know... Um, I'm sorry, but the autopilot is not quite perfected yet on <laughs> no, these things. Not. And the autonomous no. robot, you'd think, might have been able to sense and not cross the street if it had these sensors on there. But um, not a great look for either company <laughs> no. as they're getting ready for CES to <laughs> well, show off their new tech. The, I don't know that the uh, robot comes off too badly because you know, I don't know what this robot was doing. What was it doing? But the company's called Promobot. So okay. it was crossing the street. That's all. Yeah, and so it was. It was on the sort of on the side of the road, kind of on the side of the road, and the Tesla just didn't see it. <laughs> plowed it right over. So you know, danger. Well, Will I think Robinson. the Tesla was texting, <laughs> and uh, Musk, I think, is being sued for wrongful death. So 
That's right. That's right. Well, it depends on how, you know, how, how good was the artificial intelligence in this thing. Are we at iRobot yet? Wasn't, well, that the, wasn't that like the theme of that? Yeah. If it didn't get an upgrade that was needed in order for it to spot the autonomous robot, unless they have a history going back to the lab that they didn't really like each other, and so the Tesla was looking out for that robot the whole time. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right, we got just a few minutes left here on the Friday Follies, uh, and I want to get to a couple more stories here. But like I said, that was somewhat ironic at CES of all places where this would happen. But Good I one. suppose where else would there be a Russian robot and a Tesla? A Russian? Know, oh, it was a, it's Russian, a Russian company. Robot? Yeah. Oh, that explains a lot. That changes okay. everything. It does. Why didn't you That's mention right. this before? Okay. Um, do we go with the? Do we go to Florida yet, or do we hold on? Because it's actually kind it's of a very cold story. outside. I, I think we should go. To uh, Florida. All right. Let, oh, let's go to this guy. This one was kind of strange. This guy's on my cocktail. This was a California man. So this one's pretty good. <laughs> California man is facing charges after he was caught licking a homeowner's intercom system for hours. Just stood there. Licking, licking the intercom outside their door, and they have them on the camera. Mm-hmm. You can see the guy just sitting yeah. there licking it. Yeah. And the family's sort of like, who is this guy? They're watching from a remote location. Who is this guy, and why is he licking the thing? So he is facing charges, although what would you charge somebody with for doing that? My guess would be that this man is probably has like some sort of OCD thing, and but I also think that Ring... Um, Cam- doorbell cameras are the American version of Russian dash cams. I mean, they're just going to, you're going to start trading like, you know, greatest hits videos on, on YouTube, you know, before long. I, I think so too, but yeah. you know, so the charges yeah. were prowling and a probation violation. Prowling and so licking? Okay. Oh, prowling. he was on probation. He was prowling, okay. but yeah, well, it's a violation of his probation. Um, Not vagrancy, probation. nothing like but, that. But here's the, here's the great thing. He's also facing a charge of theft after police accused him of stealing Christmas light extension cords at the same home. I wonder if he was licking those. That's a good question. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Unless you have, have something about like Go find a toad to lick or knows, something like yeah. that. But you see, if, that's, if that's AI anywhere on that, then that's non-consensual. That's assault. <laughs> That's interesting. Never yeah. thought of that. That's a um, good point. Okay, and here's a great story. This one actually has got a local angle here. There's a, a, a family that owns a cat in Dearborn, Dearborn, and the cat likes to go outside and sometimes will roam for a little while and not always come back. Cats mm-hmm. are wont to do these types of things. Yeah. Uh, they get a call that somebody had found their cat. The cat was all the way in Tampa, Florida. They're not <laughs> sure how it got there, but they had a chip in the cat. Yeah. And the, the, this veterinarian's like, um, somebody just dropped off your cat, and... We just chipped, and we read its We found your cat, and they're like, oh, great, we'll come pick it up. They're like, well, the cat's in Florida. <laughs> and so, so the people are like, what? They're not sure. They think maybe the cat got into a moving van. Yeah. Or somebody just took a shine to it and let it in their car, although cats don't ride well in cars, so I no, have no I, idea. I, I've driven a cat from Florida to Detroit. It was my mom's cat. It was miserable. That thing didn't shut up the whole oh, way. Of course, yeah, I know. So it probably, yeah, I, I would think the moving van is the better. Is the better. I uh, actually option. I think Spirit Airlines. <laughs> well, the great thing is, is that um, somebody just offered to fly it home for them. So they're coming back to Detroit oh. and they're flying the cat home. So that's they're going to get it. Re- that's a perfect excuse to take a little short phone vacation too. Well, no, no, no. The cat probably was impersonating an emotional support animal <laughs> and got on board a flight. It's entirely possible. Um, if you can bring right. a peacock on board, then why not a cat? And no, no, no follies should be complete without a, a visit to Florida. Okay. Again, of course. That, that wasn't Florida, technically, but it wasn't. Okay. But it wasn't human. Florida man. Florida man is like, you know. This is Michigan cat. This, this week's is Florida man. Michigan cat displaced, yeah. This is Florida woman. Florida woman. So 
an ambulance gets called, the police get called to this house where this man has apparently fallen and is severely injured. And can't get up? Well, that's what they think. Okay. They think they can't get up. But then they started doing a little bit of research and they realized that actually his wife, who is 86 years old, beat him to death with her cane. Did he beat him to death? Yeah, oh yeah. Is he dead? He's definitely he dead. dead. Oh, okay. Yeah, he's, he's definitely, I mean, he was think... 89 years old. Okay. She was 86. Okay. Uh, they're wondering whether or not she has some mental issues, which is entirely possible. And I, of course, of would wonder what did he do to deserve it. <laughs> I think that's, he. I think he was going to leave her for a younger. That's a legitimate question. It's a legitimate question. I think he was going to leave her for a younger woman who was 85. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Beat but, to so, death with a cane, man. But, that, what a way to go. But but I love I love I the uh, the sheriff Bob Johnson from Santa Rosa I County, Florida. How many Florida. shots it took? He's in a, in a, has a news conference on Monday, and he says, you know, we're probably dealing with somebody's grandmother now. It's not something that happens every day. No, absolutely. And so an 86-year-old woman who maybe has dementia, probably. what happens to yeah. an 86-year-old woman with dementia? She um, murdered somebody. Yeah. You can't just leave her in the house. You can't just say there's nothing going on, but you I can't really lock her up for a long time. I think there's probably, um, what do you call it? Uh, history? No, not a history. I think there's probably an alternative. Well, you know, like some sort of secured, locked facility where she could not, that's not a prison. So that's just me, though. Well, you mean hey. like an assisted care living facility? Yeah, yeah. Like, a, like, a, like a nursing home, basically. Which? I mean, how long, much longer is she going to live? She's not the queen. So. Well, you know, you never know. So I just take away her shuffle. She may now have a second shot at life. Maybe this guy was dragging her down. Maybe she's like holding me back. <laughs> there you go. You don't know. But she's got a court appearance coming up. They're going to give her a mental evaluation first okay. of all, but we shall see. Okay. Anyway, that wraps up the follies for today. Nancy, thank you very much for being back. Saeed, I appreciate it very much. See, we get a little bit of real analysis, but also have a little bit of fun at the same time. And uh, thank you for being here. I appreciate it. Thank you. And we didn't talk about the auto prom. Oh, are you going to auto prom? I'm going to auto prom. I I've to never once whether been to, to auto prom. Wear the same dress that I've worn for the last two years, or to hit the peacock room and find something else cooler. Well, there you go. We'll see, Rachel, so. you might have a customer coming in. Oh, God. you've got black on all the time anyway, so a tux is not a stretch for you. Yeah, but no corsage. So. Uh, okay, very good. It would look pretty though. Except for the auto prom, they've got to close the night out with Gary Newman's cars. <laughs> You know, they should just bring in Gary Newman as the entertainment one time. That would be fantastic. I never last long Well, then for you, Nancy, we'll play it right up front. (laughs) All right. All right. All right. That wraps it up. Thanks, everybody, for being here. Thank you for watching the Friday Follies on Deadline Detroit. We appreciate it. And uh, check out the podcast Monday through Thursday that I'm doing each and every day. You can find that at Deadline Detroit or anywhere else you get your podcast. It's a half an hour each day. It's a lot of fun. You can listen to it on your commute and get through the whole thing each day, which is what I'd love. Tell your friends. Let's get this thing moving. He's a great talker. Thank you. Mm -hmm. I think they figured that out. At least I hope they figured that out. But we appreciate everybody. And thank you for checking us out today. Uh, Really enjoying myself. And uh, have a great Great weekend. Thanks.